The Lord spoke to us extensively from Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, telling us that we are citizens of heaven, ambassadors on earth. That was the word the Lord sent to us last week, specifically showing us how we can become citizens of heaven. Hallelujah. And this morning, the Lord wants to proceed with us on that by showing us the implication of that, of what he was telling us last week. If we are citizens of heaven, dispatched to be ambassador on earth, what is the implication of that? And I think that's where we'll be going this morning. And I'll be using some words that the early Christians, they use in describing themselves, which today seem to have become a cake, though it is not supposed to be so. It is not a common term you will see Christians call themselves. But we need to return back to this basic foundational truth if we must make progress. In the letters of the apostles, you will see this word there. You will see it in their attitude. You will see it in the way they behave and conducted themselves. And until we understand that, we won't even be able to fulfill our mission as ambassador on earth. And that's why we need to understand this angle to who God has called us to be. Turn with me then quickly to First Peter. You know, God has already spoken to us from First Peter this morning. And you will see how God has been really wonderful to us this morning. First Peter chapter 1. In First Peter chapter 1, I read from verse 1. And just follow me as I read from the New King James Version. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect or chosen, that same word, according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Our brother Peter writing said he was writing to the pilgrim. He was writing to the pilgrims. Those who have been dispersed to the different part of the region at the time. He was writing something crucial to them. And the word I'm talking about is pilgrim. That's the way the early Christians, they described themselves. That's the way they saw themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sure today for many young Christians who are here and listening to me, perhaps you might not have never have had anyone call Christians like that and say they are pilgrims. I like my a phrase my wife used to use when we are talking. He said, "In this in this day of my pilgrimage, in this day of our pilgrimage, <laughs> and that." Is the language of the scriptures for believers. And therefore, this morning I'll be speaking on we all are pilgrims. We all are pilgrims. Amen. If we are citizens of heaven, then it means our stay on earth is bought. For a limited period of time. Are you getting this point? Because there are implications to this again. So the implication of what God said last week to us. By saying we are citizens of heaven. Is that we are pilgrims here on earth. So we all are pilgrims. That's the way I want us to see. As ambassadors. We are pilgrims on earth. Wherever we may be, thank God that these people, they were dispersed abroad as pilgrims. And why do we think they were called pilgrims? Why were they called pilgrims? Why were they referred to as pilgrims? They are referred to as pilgrims simply because they are in a foreign land. Whether we like it or not, we're in a foreign land. <laughs> Far away from home. Hallelujah. We are in a foreign land. And the idea of actually being pilgrims is not even limited to those of us who are believers now. Even those who don't realize 
including those who don't even believe in the existence of a God, the reality is that they are pilgrims here, except that they don't realize it. Because this world is not a permanent home for anyone. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, Christian or non-Christian, everyone is passing through earth. Other words we see is the apostles we use is sojourners. We are sojourning. A sojourner is someone who has a permanent home but just passing through a place temporarily and for a limited period of time. And our consciousness needs to be awakened to these brothers and sisters that we are pilgrims. Our permanent home is in heaven. If we are citizens of heaven. That's the first implication. The first realization we must have that we have a limited time to stay here. And if you look at those who are called pilgrims, let's even look at even the dictionary definition of who a pilgrim is. They will tell you there are people who, who, who travel to a place they consider you know, holy to them for some spiritual or religious activities. But the reality with regards to the spiritual implication of this is that where people on earth for sacred response, for sacred assignment, to perform sacred assignment, sacred responsibility. Towards God. Amen. Sacred responsibility. That's the spiritual dimension I want us to see it from. We are not just a here, you know, we are not just here rather as mere tourists. We are not tourists. We are not just touring around and looking. No. The world, our position on earth is not considered as tourists. We are not just, you know, guessing around, looking at what is nice there and that nice there. No, we are pilgrims with a focus, with an assignment that is sacred. And every one of us must know that. Even those who have not yet believed, you must know that you are here, dispatched from God to be here for a sacred assignment. For a sacred responsibility. Has that point been made? Because that is the way you see pilgrims. Come with me to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 14, says something which every pilgrim must have. A consciousness every pilgrim must have, and that is this. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. 
here, we don't have a continuing city. We don't have an abode that is everlasting. Our stay here is temporary. Here we don't have a continuing or enduring city. May the Lord give us this consciousness in Jesus' name. I'll come back to this passage later. But turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Chapter 5. God also spoke to us from 2 Corinthians just a few minutes ago through one of us. But let's go back there again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm just going to pick a few verses. It's in the same passage where we were told we are ambassadors for Christ. But let's look at the thinking of the apostle before he came to that conclusion. In verse 20, we were told, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. But before then, there was a thinking that informed that conclusion. Let's look at it from verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Can you see the point they were making there? If this our earthly body, our earthly tabernacle, he called it, our earthly house, this body in which we live, if it is destroyed or pulled down, talking about death, it says, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. Our permanent abode is in heaven. We are not going to live in this physical body forever, in this body we carry now. No. Because our eternal abode is in heaven. Let's go to the next one. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Hallelujah. So this man, so the next point I'm making here is this. This man, they live in the consciousness of heaven. That's the third point I'm making. To be pilgrims means then you have a consciousness of heaven. Having concluded that this is a temporal home, there's a consciousness, there's an awareness of heaven with which they moved and did the things that they did. A consciousness of heaven. A mindset that is based on heaven. A focus that is heavenly. The same apostle tells us, just to see the mentality that they have. The same apostle tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, somebody to read that for me, verse 19. Just read quickly. If you don't read it, I'll just simply quote it. For if in this world alone we have hope, 
we are all men most to be pitied. Are you following me? So they have a hope that is focused not just here on earth, but on heaven. Whatever they do here on earth, it is with the consciousness, the awareness of heaven. And I will tell you the things they are aware of before we begin to round up this morning. I just want to stimulate our interest because the way several of us, we are living our Christianity or Christian life, or even those who have not believed, is as if we think life began here, life ends here. That is the biggest lie the devil can tell anyone. They live with a focus on eternity. Because pilgrims know that here is a temporary abode. Their focus is eternity. God has set eternity in their mind, in their heart. It's one of the ways to prove whether you are a genuine citizen of heaven or not. You live in the consciousness of heaven. Moment by moment, minute by minute. Your actions are way as to how heaven sees what you are doing. Not about what men, what men are saying. A successful ambassador must live with the consciousness of their home country. In as much as they want to integrate, relate in their country of dwelling, they also are conscious of the fact that I came from somewhere. Are you following me? When I see believers who do everything as though life begins here, life ends there, I know there's still something missing. There's a foundation not understanding that they haven't caught. And it is difficult for such a people to actually make the kind of progress God will have them make. Because all their decisions are centered around what to get here, what to get here, how to make themselves come very comfortable here. God wants our comfort. And, we'll, and I'll talk about that another time. But the reality is that they live with the consciousness, conscious awareness of heaven. Look at, jump to verse 9. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. That's number four point I'm making this morning. They are aware of where they have come from. They are aware of the God to whom they belong. Are you following me? And so they live their life to please him, to be pleasing to him. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is an awareness we almost have. These apostles did. And so they, they made a good success of their calling here because they knew where they came from and they knew who they must please primarily first. And another consciousness they have that looms large in their heart, why they have to live to please him is in verse 10. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body, the reward for the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Are you following me? They knew they must give account. They live with a sense of accountability that one day I will account for whatever I do here. I will account for it. I'm going to give account of how I've lived my life. They live with a sense of responsibility towards God and towards fellow men. Do we have believers today who see themselves as pilgrims? Who are not just trying to build, thinking they can build eternal home for themselves here? No. We are not, we are, we are not here forever. And I'm praying that the Lord will help us to understand this truth this morning in Jesus' name. They live in the awareness of the fact that they, they are going to be accountable. And there's going to be reward and there's going to be rebuke. I've used that word lightly. <laughs> rebuke. But can I say the truth? Judgment. That's what it means, isn't it? Knowing therefore the terror of the law, we persuade men, but we are well known to God and, are also, and also truth are well known to your conscience. They persuade men. They plead with men. That's why they would tell people, no, that's not the way to do things. That's not the way to live. That's not the way to go. So those who, who are in sin, they plead with them, say, turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. They were moved by something they had seen, an awareness that no man has come to this planet Earth to stay here forever. Do you get it? I will conclude with something shortly. These are the ways these men, they saw themselves. They comported themselves. Hallelujah. What then is the message for us? If we realize this, if we are aware of this, the first thing to those of us who are alive and living today, knowing that we have a short time here, is a sense of urgency. To discover the sacred responsibility for which we are here on earth. There should be a sense of urgency both to discover and to do to perform the sacred responsibility for which we are here. There must be a sense of no time to waste. You may be a young person today, 
But I can, I can tell you that when I look back, it looks like yesterday that I was in high school. Are you following me? The reality is that they have a sense of urgency in them. There is something in them that says, I must know what the Lord will have me do, why I'm here. And if you are listening to me, you have, you have not even known the Lord. I want to assure you and I want to say to you that God has given you the opportunity to be here on earth for a very sacred purpose. For a very sacred reason. Bigger than what you are living for now. And for each and every one of us. They have, a, they have that urgency to know. And so, they apply their heart to wisdom. Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Let me see if I can pick something from there. And then we begin to round up for this morning. Psalm 90. In Psalm 90, the scripture has this to say. I'm sorry. Yes. <clears throat> Psalm 90. It says, I'll read from verse 10. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Let me quickly say this. And if you know, you know the life expectancy, average life expectancy world over. It's between that range, 70, 80, maybe for some countries like Hong Kong, 85. But even if we are blessed by God to live to above 100, it is still a short time when compared to eternity. It is a short time. It's a short time. We are praying that we will live long. We have prayed for longevity before. But we are simply saying there must be a sense of urgency in our heart. So, teach us to number our day, verse 12, verse 12 now, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Verse 23. Return, O Lord, how long? And have compassion on your servant. O satisfy us early with your mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our day. Can you see that? They desire God's mercy early. They say, God, show us mercy. We don't want to waste our time here. We don't want to spend our days wasted here. Whatever you can do to help us, to grant us your mercy, to do what you want us to do, so that we will live our lives there in fulfillment of the purpose for which you have sent us, do for us. That was the cry. You can read on. That was the cry. Because they knew very well that no matter how many years Job 14, 1 and 2 says, you know, a man that is born of a, of a woman, it's a few days and they are full of trouble, challenges. Challenges we never see. But if we are focused on where we are coming, where we have come from, where we are going, like Paul said, they are light affliction. 
They don't distract us. And I'm praying that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. It's a sense of urgency for purpose to fulfill purpose. A sense of urgency to do what God will have them. That was the way these men, they lived their lives. To discover purpose, fulfill purpose for which they are here. And as ambassadors for Christ who are pilgrims on earth, simply because our stay here is limited, brothers and sisters, may I tell you, there's no time for any one of us to waste going back and forth. We need to discover, it says, satisfy us early. I'm praying that somebody will come and say, God, satisfy me early. I don't want to waste my day. Whatever you will do to set me on course, to do whatever you will have me do, in fulfilling my responsibility to humanity and towards you, help me to do it. Are you following me? And as I close now, because of time, I will read Acts 13, verse 36. It's one of the passages, it's one of the verses I love for one reason. And I'm closing here this morning. And I will read just one phrase from one of those pilgrims, one of those Quaker missionaries, Stephen. Uh, Etienne de Grillet. Then he changed his name to Stephen Grillet. One of those Quaker missionaries who did tremendously for God in his time. I'll tell you one the statement that he wrote. I'll read it for you. But let's first of all take this Acts 13, 36. Acts 13, verse 36. In Acts 13, Verse 36, it says, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. Brothers and sisters, will you serve your generation? Will I serve my generation? Pilgrims are men, they know they must fall asleep one day. The ambassador must, be must come home one day. The pilgrim will return to his own home. But before then, I love what was said about David. David, after he had served his own generation, brothers, brothers and sisters, we are in a generation. What will be recorded of me and you? Did we, are we going to be able to say we served our generation according to the will of God? In whatever, God has, in whatever place God has placed us, in whatever profession God has placed us, are we going to say, Lord, we discharge our sacred responsibility? Towards you and towards men, according to your will. David did. And he fell asleep. Every one of us will fall asleep one day. But the reality is what will be said of each and every one of us. That's the way Christian, true Christians, they live. They live with a sense of mission to their generation. I'm here to do this. Our task may differ. There is, there is a commonality to it, which is to bring people to God which we have said before, but there may be other things God will help us do in the different places. If we live in the awareness that we are pilgrims, our time is limited here. The ambassador can be recalled home anytime. Then we will live differently. And I close. As I read this statement from Stephen Grillet, which I know that you all, uh, you all must have seen, I shall pass this way but one. 
shall be good. Therefore, that I can do, or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Now. These are the way the pilgrims they talk. Now. Now. Because they live with a sense of this and opportunity. They seize the opportunity. Now. Let me not differ, nor neglect, nor neglect it. For I shall not pass this way again. One life to live. Will it be as David, of whom it was said, he served this generation according to the will of God? Young man, young woman listening to me, remember your God in the days of your youth. This is the time. Enter early into the purpose of God for your life. Don't waste your life around. Live your life and trust God and say, God, satisfy me early. Let me enter into the things that you want me to do early. Let me fulfill the mission for which you have brought me into this life. Bow down your heads as we pray together. Talk to God this morning. Do you see yourself as a pilgrim? If you see yourself as a pilgrim, you will live differently. We cannot be true ambassadors of heaven if we live as though life begins here and ends there. When I see the kind of things people do, it just, it just, it just looks mad. God wants us to be comfortable but in the right way. In the right way. God wants to do everything with the mind that we will return. The ambassador will return home. Set your mind on things above and not on things below. According to Colossians 3, I think verse 2, we must get our focus right, our priority right in this life if we must be true Christians, true ambassadors of heaven, representing God on earth. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Put your hands together for the Lord this morning.